Good morning, one and all. Grace and peace be unto you. My name is Pastor Patrick L. Tate, Apostle Patrick, and uh, I am the host of this particular podcast, which is entitled 5 p.m., which is the acronym for Pastor Patrick's Praise, Prayer, Preach Ministry. I am delighted today to come on the air to talk to somebody about something that is heartfelt but life-changing for the better. Amen. We praise God for this day. It's the day that the Lord has made, and we rejoice, and we are glad in it. Amen. We're so glad in it that we're going to do one of the P's that are in uh, 5 p.m., and that is, before we preach, we're going to praise a little bit. And this particular praise song, uh, it says, Blessed assurance, Jesus is mine. Oh, what a foretaste of glory divine. I'm an heir of salvation. I am purchased by God. Um, born of His Spirit and washed in His blood. This is my story. This is my song, praising my Savior all the day long. This is my story. This is my song, O Lord, praising my Savior all the day long. Praise be unto God. I want you to know that salvation and loving Jesus and glad to be saved and all of these things truly is my story and it truly is my song. Praising my Savior all the day long. Amen. This morning I would like to talk to you about a topic that's very important in this hour and this topic has to do with siblings, praise God, our siblings and us, our siblings and uh, us. It has to do with us because many of us who are listening know Jesus Christ, but our siblings don't. And uh, we need to reach out and let our siblings know that they need Jesus in their lives in order for them to have a beautiful end when their journey comes to its close. We need Jesus, people. So I want to talk to you today about our siblings. And the topic that I'm talking from on this morning is the topic, bring your siblings to Jesus. Bring your siblings to Jesus. And for scripture reference, we'll be talking from St. John chapter 1, verse 40, 41, and 42. And we'll also be talking from Genesis chapter 42 through chapter 44. Amen. And what we'd like to point out first here is in St. John, where... 
Jesus had been baptized in the River Jordan, and John, before baptizing Jesus, had disciples that followed him. One of those disciples happened to be Andrew, who was the brother of Peter. And when Jesus came, immediately Andrew began to follow Jesus. In so doing, once he had heard the things that Jesus had said and heard his teachings and how he expounded on how life should be if we want a good life and a blessed life by doing the will of God, following God, living for God. He went and told his brother, Peter. And when Jesus meets Peter, he beholds him. And the first thing that he does is that he changes his name because originally his name was Simon. And the name Simon means shaky, unstable. And he changed his name to Peter, which means fragment of a rock. And we know the story of Peter and Jesus and their relationship and how close they had become in the three and a half year walk that they walked together before Jesus was crucified, buried, raised from the dead, and sat on the right side of his father's throne. And this is why, people of God, it is so important to tell your siblings about Jesus. We don't know who they are in God. All we know is that they are our siblings. Now, in order to do this, we must deny ourselves and not be judgmental. We must deny ourselves because self will tell you, oh, that's just so-and-so, whatever the sibling's name is. They don't want to hear this. They're too busy caught up in the lifestyle they're caught up in. But you have no idea how hungry and thirsty that particular sibling might be for righteousness. All you know is what they show you. And a lot of times, siblings don't come to you and say to you, I want to serve the Jesus you serve, because there are a lot of times trust issues. Growing up as children, we don't always do things toward one another as brother and sister that would deem us to trust one another. You might have a sibling that's a prankster or a bully or a sibling that's spoiled and always tattled and told everything. So you might have issues trusting them. But once you come into Christ, you have to deny yourself in order to reach out to your siblings. Did you know that most people would rather witness to a stranger than their own sibling? But what would that look like in the end when we stand before the Lord and we are ready to go into joy, the eternal joy that Jesus prepared for us and our siblings, and our siblings are missing because we didn't tell them about Jesus. That wouldn't look too good. Jesus wants us to tell our siblings about him. Now, this came out very well between Andrew and Peter, but let's go to the book of Genesis where it wasn't as easy or as simple to lead siblings to salvation. 
when we bring people to Jesus, it's all about salvation. It's about the saving of the soul, the whole man, the soul, spirit, and body. And it's about healing, total healing and deliverance from the life that you were in prior to meeting Jesus Christ. Amen. So let's talk to, let us talk to you a little bit about Joseph and the position he was in to really divert his brethren or reject his brethren and turn them in another direction rather to a pl- rather than to a place excuse me of salvation and salvaging their lives in a horrible time a time of famine a time of loss a time of leanness a time that was uncertain not knowing what the next day would bring A time of, my God, danger, running the risk of starving to death. Praise the Lord. In that particular time, God did not allow this to be happenstance that Joseph was a man who had power to either bless people or turn them away. And if they did things according to the principles that he lied down or laid down for them to follow, they were able to receive what they came to him for in abundance and not ever have to worry about lack. They didn't have to worry about starving or any of the things that I mentioned, rather. But their lives were salvaged. Now, this happened. Joseph took care of the people in Egypt after the famine hit. And this was before chapter 42, where Pharaoh had a dream and he dreamed that there were seven fat cows that came out of the water and they were healthy and beautiful. And afterwards, seven sickly looking cows, they call them kine, K-I-N-E, but those are cows in our language today. Sickly kine or cows came out of the water and devoured the healthy cows, but didn't pick up an ounce of weight. They stayed sick. Then there were seven ears of corn, healthy corn that appeared. And in those seven appearances or the seven ears of corn that appeared, rather, excuse me, there were seven corn or ears of corn that were blasted, meaning they were rotten. They were not healthy at all. And they devoured the healthy ears, but they did not become healthy afterward. And Joseph, being one whom God had given a gift to interpret dreams, was brought to Pharaoh and he told him the meaning of his dream, which meant that there would be seven years of plenty after which there would be seven years of famine. And he told Pharaoh, you would need somebody to manage and handle the years of plenty. So when the famine comes, that they would not starve as a country, as a land, as a people. Pharaoh was so impressed until he made Joseph second in command and put him over everything in Egypt, except Pharaoh. He was over everything and everybody except Pharaoh. 
And I'm not really focusing in, in on where Joseph came from to get there. Where I'm trying to get to is when Joseph was in a position to help siblings who had wronged him, mishandled him, mistreated him, he had to deny himself, reach out and help those who left him for dead, tried to kill him, stripped him, brought him to an open shame, took his clothing, and he left where he left from that well into the hands of the Ishmaelites unclothed, going to a strange land unclothed, walking into the house of a man he never saw before named Potiphar unclothed, uncovered at the hand of his brothers. Joseph is a type of Christ. Joseph is a type of Jesus Christ. He is that because he had the power over everybody in Egypt except Pharaoh. And let's look at Egypt as the world. Jesus has power over the entire world and over everything in heaven, earth, and beneath heaven, or beneath the earth rather, but he does not have power over the Father. God is God Almighty. But Jesus has power over everything else. Jesus has the power to bless us if we come to him and give us everything we need to help us. Joseph had the power to bless anybody who came to him following the right principles so others would have the opportunity to be blessed as well. And he did so. Now, when it came to his brothers, that was a little challenging. And why would I say that? Because as you read through chapter 42 through 44, you will see that he kind of toyed with them while he helped them. He kind of did them like a cat would do a mouse before he devours it, kind of knocks it around and toys with it a little bit before he eats it. But in this case, it wasn't about the devouring or the destroying of his brethren. It was all about working up to finding out how is his full-blooded brother and his father doing so he could bring them all together and they didn't have to worry about famine and trouble ever again. They could live off the fatness of the land. They didn't have to worry about running out of food. They didn't have to worry about becoming sickly or unhealthy. They didn't have any more uncertainties when Joseph got through showing them brotherly love. But he had to get past himself. And the ones who were hardest on him, he kept them with him when he sent the other siblings back home with the goods to take care of the father. He kept them with him, and you would think if it were one of us that had kept uh, one of our siblings who had done us wrong with us, that we would be tormenting them and we would be mistreating them and handling them in a rough way. But no, Joseph kept the main one, Simeon. He kept him with him. He was the hothead of the 12 brothers of the 12 tribes of Israel. Simeon was the temperamental one. 
And he kept him with him. And when the brothers came back, they found Simeon enjoying life, dressed decent, eating good. And they was wondering what in the world has happened here. Joseph showed him love, opposing to showing him vengeance. Joseph showed him that he was big enough to take care of his need rather than give him what he really deserved. Isn't that like Jesus? And here's the catch. A lot. They didn't know that that was their brother, Joseph, but Joseph knew that that was them. And that brings to bear a statement, which is true. There are two types of people you'll never forget. The ones who hurt you and the ones who help you. You will always remember the people who hurt you and you will always remember the people who help you. And in this case, Joseph remembered the people that hurt him, but he did not let that stop him from being the brother that he needed to be to his siblings. He saved them from destruction. He saved them from poverty. He saved them from damnation. He saved them from death. He brought them to a place of plenty, to a place of life, even though at one point he had to cry and he cried so loud, the whole house heard him cry. And the cry came when he, when he, excuse me, when he revealed himself to his brothers, when he revealed himself, they did not know what to say or do because they knew the wrong that they had done to them. They didn't deserve what they were getting as far as treatment being fed and kept money in the bag. Oh my, a silver cup, all of the goods. And Joseph looked past all the things that they had done to him and realized this is all I have. This is my family. This is all I have to remember of a, a bloodline, a connection, uh, my family, my brother, my, my, in, in our case today, my brother, my sister, but with him, my brother, my brothers, and I can't let what they did to me make me act stupid and do something that I'll regret for the rest of my days. I have to show them how a real brother treats his siblings. And he reaches beyond their faults and supplies their needs. Isn't that like Jesus? That's what the Lord wants us to do. He wants us to reach out to our siblings and bring our siblings to him. Some of you may say, well, you don't know the kind of life my, I had with my brother or my sister or brother, either or or both. You don't know how they carried on. You don't know how they treated me. But Jesus knows. And Jesus wants you to find a love, enough love in your heart to bring your siblings to Jesus. And if you can't use your own love, use the love of Christ. If you have him in your heart, you have his love in your heart as well. And the love of Christ will override any bitterness, any hatred, any vengeance that you may have in your heart 
because of something that might have been done between you and your siblings and it left you at a bad place when you parted and hadn't seen each other for a while. Some of you might still see one another, but but you're holding the key to their life if you are a child of God and they are not. You're holding the key to their life and God wants you to use it to unlock the chains of bondage of sin and shame off of their life and free them like he did you through his son, Jesus Christ. Go and get your siblings. Bring your siblings to Jesus. This is not a lengthy message, but it's it's a cut to the chase message and it's a message that speaks in volumes. We know what we need to do. We know that we do love our siblings. And I know some people that would venture to say they hate their siblings But I really don't believe that because one surefire way of finding out if you really hate your sibling or not is this. Let your sibling get in trouble and you see them being handled in a way that's out of order for them to be handled as your sibling. Even if they did wrong, if they were being mishandled, two or three people pounce on them and jump on them. You wouldn't just stand there and watch them get beat to a pulp. You jump in there and try to clean house. That's how Jesus wants us to be concerning their soul. Because their soul without Christ is in danger. And in this hour that we're living in today, the Lord doesn't want any of us to leave anyone out of his safe arms, the safety of his arms, the reach of love that can change that sibling's life. Amen. Joseph's story had a good ending. It had a beautiful ending because he looked beyond himself. He denied himself and he reached beyond the faults of his brethren and he met their need. There's more I could say about that, but it would be too lengthy. What I want to say is what I have said, and that's what the Lord wants me to share with you on this morning. It's important. It is so I can't say it enough. It's important to tell your siblings about Jesus and bring your siblings to Jesus. Well, we talked about, hallelujah, how they might have mistreated you. And then some may say, well, that's not my full brother. That's not my full sister. We have the same mama, but different daddies. That's beside the point. The point is that's still your sibling. You have the same blood in you from your mother. So that's your sibling. And the Lord wants you to reach out and bring that sibling to him. Some might say, that's my stepbrother. That's my stepsister. We don't have the same father or mother, but our parents, my dad married his mom or her mom. And that's how we became brother and sister. You're now siblings. And Jesus wants you to reach out and bring your sibling to Jesus. If you know Jesus Christ and your sibling doesn't, you might be in foster care. You might have been in foster care and have foster brothers and sisters. Jesus wants you to look past the fact that that's not your blood, but you're in the same home being reared by the same person. And you're sitting doing the same things as brothers and sisters would. That's your brother. That's your sister. Bring them to Jesus. If you know Jesus and they don't, 
You might have been adopted. You might have been adopted into a family. And you might be wondering, why did my parents give me away? And while you're wondering that, you might be being treated very well. Hopefully that's the case, that you're being treated very well or have been treated very well. And uh, your siblings are your par or your adopted parents' blood children. Those are your siblings. And you need, shanda. you need to bring them to Jesus. Jesus wants all siblings, not just select siblings or select few. What if Joseph had said, none of you are my full-blooded brothers except Benjamin. Now he treated Benjamin real good. Spoiled him rotten. Didn't get upset with him because Benjamin didn't hurt him. Benjamin was the 12th and last son and Joseph was the 11th son. He was the knee baby. But Benjamin was the baby. So the older brothers from Zebulon up to Reuben, 10 brothers handled him in a way that was unfamily-like, unloving, unrealistic, ungodly at a time where he really didn't need to be handled in that fashion. But again, I'm saying to you, he looked past what they did. He denied himself. And praise be unto God, he brought his siblings to safety, to salvation. He salvaged their lives. Let's reach out to one another. Let's go get our brother. Let's go get our sister. Well, my brother was all right when we were younger, but now... My brother has chosen a different way of life that brought shame to our family. He's not acting natural. He's become unnatural. He's become homosexual. My sister has become lesbian. She's not doing the things that we were taught to do. That's beside the point. The point remains that they need Jesus. And it's not our place to judge and categorize sin. Because I'm finding out that a lot of people didn't start out living the way they live by choice when it comes to sins that they commit. Many people live the way they live because of an experience they had against their will, against their will, but they did not have the power to resist. They were overtaken and overpowered and they have become the result of what has happened to them. And they have gotten it in their mind that that's who they are, but that's not who they are. That's what happened to them. There is a difference. You are who God made you to be. What happened to you is not who you are. That's not your identity. Your identity is whom God called you to be, whom God made you to be. That's something that happened. And God forbid that it happened, but we cannot reverse time. We can't turn back the clock. It happened. But from this day forward, something better can happen to change your very life and cause you to be one of the greatest people on this earth as a soul winner for Christ. In spite of your past. Doesn't have to be what I mentioned. It could be you were a thief and stole from your family all the time. Every time you looked up, stealing. People knew who it was. Oh, it was, it was, it was Ray Ray. He did it. It was little man. Little man did it. We know he's the one who's always stealing. He's standing there and lied to your face. Wasn't me. I ain't take it. And he knew it was him who did it. Thieving. 
My God. Just like a little child who you've told to stay out of the chocolate or out of the sugar. And when um, you catch them, you say, was you in that sugar bowl? Was you in that chocolate? No, it wasn't me. Chocolate all around their mouth, all on their hands. Sugar all around their mouth because you can't get rid of the evidence completely. But you have to reach out and look beyond the individual's faults. You might have been neglected by a sibling. You might have had a sibling who had all the power in the world to make your life a better life and use that power to make your life a living hell on earth. That's beside the point. Ha! You really need to reach out and go and get your sibling. Bring your brother, your sister to Christ. Because how would it appear you're the only one saved in the family and you are an evangelist, for example, or you are a missionary, for example, and you're going out traveling and winning souls to Christ all over the world. And when you get home, that very sibling that you have not won to Christ is the one that meets you at the door. And all you say is, hey, how you doing? Good to see you. That's not going to look good on your records that are being written down in heaven. That ain't going to look good at all. You need a shut up. Oh, you need to tell your siblings about Jesus and you need to bring them to him. In my conclusion, look at Andrew and Peter. Andrew met Jesus first. But Peter did such a great work. Andrew did good by staying with the fold, true enough. But you don't hear the Bible talk about Andrew. The Bible mentions Peter, James, and John, which were Jesus' inner circle. The Bible didn't, but Andrew was there. Andrew, rather, was there. He didn't go anywhere. He was faithful to stay with the group of the 12 disciples. He did not walk away, neither was he mishandled or mistreated. He was treated just like the brethren because he was one of the brethren. But the fact remains that he met Jesus first and went and got Peter and the rest was history. Tell your siblings about Jesus and bring your siblings to Jesus. Gracious and eternal God, we thank you for this word on this morning. We pray, hallelujah, that this word reaches out and touches someone who has heard it. Let it penetrate. Let it penetrate the heart of the hearer. Let it get down into the heart and do a work in the heart. There might be some things that the sibling has done that caused them to have a hard place in their heart concerning their sibling. Touch that heart and make it a heart of flesh. Cleanse it, Father. Cleanse the heart of the hearer who might be struggling with this message. Give them to reach out in spite of what happened in the past or might be happening now. Give them to do it and give them how to do it. Give them the grace in how to reach their sibling. In the name of Jesus. And we give you thanks, praise, and glory for this word. And we count this prayer done. We count it done in Jesus' name. And now for the hearer who doesn't know Jesus Christ. Lord, I'm asking that you save the hearer who does not know Jesus Christ as Lord and Savior. And if you are listening and do not know Jesus Christ 
as your Lord and Savior, please repeat this after me. Lord Jesus, thank you for dying for my sins. Thank you for getting up by the hand of God on the third day. Thank you for not being lost in sin because you are the Savior and I'm glad you are alive right now. Come into my heart. I believe that you're the Son of God and I believe that you die for my sins and that God raised you on the third day. Live in my heart. Be my Lord and my Savior and my guide, and I will follow you for the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. If you prayed that prayer and believed that prayer, hey, glory to God. Welcome to the family. God loves you. The angels are rejoicing right now if you pray that prayer and believe it. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Bless the name of Jesus. Wonderful Savior, wonderful Savior, glory to God, my God today, wonderful Savior divine, hallelujah, I feel that somebody's going to get saved today, hallelujah, glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah, 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 yeah, 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 yeah. Bless the name of Jesus. Bless the name of the Lord. Glory, 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 glory. Hallelujah. Bless the name of the Lord Jesus. Hallelujah. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Wonderful Savior. Hallelujah. I praise God for you. And just on a personal note, I feel the Holy Ghost prompting me to say why I shared this particular message. And then I'll be signing off. I'm, I'm, I'm sharing this message because I have a twin sister who, in May of 1991, rededicated her life to Christ. Got her life back together with Jesus Christ. While she was getting herself together and gotten herself straightened out, I was still in trouble. I was still out living a wild and riotous life. And the Lord put me on her heart. He put me on her heart to be on my nerves about coming and getting my life back right with Christ. And I would ignore her and just ignore her and ignore and say, oh, well, I'm not not this time, some other time. I'm too busy doing what I'm doing right now. I'm too busy enjoying the pleasures of sin right now, which they appeared to be pleasure, but they really weren't. They were damning my eternal soul and destroying my body. But I was doing it thinking I'm having the time of my life. And she kept on and kept on and kept on till finally I gave in and I came to church. And it was on the night of January 5th, 1992, between 8 and 8.30 in the evening that I became who I am today and grew into this getting on the air and things of that nature. But the Lord changed my life in one night. It doesn't take long. It doesn't take long. It just takes one night. Andrew brought Peter to Jesus. My sister brought me to Jesus.
Joseph brought his family, his father, to a place of salvation. Who will you bring? Bring your sibling to Jesus. God bless you. We love you. And until next time, peace be with you. Amen.